Hello, everyone, and welcome into the Dad Verb Podcast, episode number two. My name is Andrew, and I'm joined by my good friend, Ben what Brown. How up? you doing, Ben? What's going on, Andrew? This week's episode... Oh, sorry. You just asked me a question. I just like rolled into it. No, I'm doing great. Oh, no, I'm doing it's, well. No, doing it's, well. it's more of a, more of a <laughs> hey, I'm here. I know. I know. There's a lot of the, hey, what's going on? And then that just means hello, and it don't respond to me. That's pretty much rhetorical. <laughs> so, uh, no, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. Uh, but uh, for those who are listening... We've got um, uh, a fun episode for you guys. We're going to be talking about three things here. If you don't know who Marie Kondo is, she was a home organizing sensation a couple years back who coined the phrase spark joy when getting rid of stuff. She asked the question, do you spark joy? Anyway, she, she had this whole method of like cleaning her home and she basically fessed up to the fact that her method doesn't work with kids. So uh, that's going to be a fun uh, topic uh, for us right there. We're going to also discuss... Embracing the ideology of child-free neighborhoods, no screaming kids, and then talking about whether or not your spouse should or shouldn't be your best friend. The answer might not be as obvious. So we'll, we'll dive into that. But first, let's catch up in this last week because we did episode one and then we straight up ghosted for a week. And um, in that time, we found out that we became the number four parenting podcast in Brazil. <laughs> yeah, we are even... big. We are big in Brazil, and we don't even speak Portuguese. So no. what? <laughs> no, I don't know how that happened. Uh, I don't know how I've, that's, I've, that. I happened. wonder about the validity of that email. But, yeah, I got but this email. Okay. Got this weird email from some company that I guess they do podcast stats and they're like, hey, by the way, these are your stats, and you're this rank in this country, this rank in this country. I'm like, that cannot be possible. Because we're only one episode in, and we have no clue what we're doing. One episode but, in, we're number four in Brazil. I mean, it can really right. only go up from there, right? But, seriously. And it just so happened that I was, um, this past week, I was freelancing for a company that has roots in Brazil. And I texted Ben this, and I was wearing literally uh, a Brazilian World Cup jersey. <laughs> so it was just funny how, like, the timing I mean, of that. You're all Brazilled out. You're working for a Brazilian-based company. I mean, <laughs> you're wearing a Brazilian jersey. We're number four was... in Brazil. I'm coming for that number one spot. I want to be number one parenting podcast in Brazil. That's my goal Do you goal hear that, Brazil? We're coming I mean, for you, Brazilian parenting podcast downloads. Are there Brazilian <laughs> yeah, got... parenting podcasts? Now I have to do research. We... I, I, I don't know what's out there, but apparently there's not very much. So we're, we're number four. For us to so. be number four, there's not much. Man, but this past week, um, yeah, we I was gone. I, I was I was working quite a bit. So uh, that, that kind of is the reason why we're a little late. We want this to be a weekly podcast. A little late here. But yeah, we, we do hope to have this a weekly consistent thing. But yeah, it's been it's been a busy week. I I, I left on a Monday uh, out of Dallas, and it just so happened that Dallas hit or was hit with a big ice storm, and that ice storm pretty much fell all over Dallas a mere hours after I took off and left to sunny Florida. Uh, and then I was there in Florida for three straight days. It was grueling, though. I will say it was it was I was working eighteen hour days, three straight. I like messed up my body, uh, and then we were afraid whether or not like. We we were actually going to make it home, back home to Dallas on Thursday. Uh, it seemed like everything, the, the weather was going to clear up. It was getting warmer. Uh, and basically, when all the ice kind of melted and the weather started getting good, our plane landed and I was back home. So uh, there was a <laughs> there's a horrible weather period uh, so that I literally managed to leave. Yeah. Your your wife and three kids. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I'm going to do. For Florida. <laughs> it, 
as soon as the ice storm started, and then as soon as it was over, you were like, hey, guys, I'm back. Basically, and my wife... That's amazing. ...is an absolute trooper because she had to deal with... because. It, like all the roads were closed, like no one did anything. Everything you was can't closed. Do anything. So it it was it felt like quarantine. It felt like twenty twenty all over again. Except it was just her and three kids instead of two yeah. kids at the time. Her and three kids trapped at home without me. So that people um, like see. Here's hard. my problem too: is like people like to make fun of the South. So like I live in South Carolina. You're in Texas. Mm-hmm. People like to make fun of the South when like, oh, it snows and everything closes down or it snows and there's an ice storm and everything shuts down for days and days and days. And like growing up in upstate New York, I used to think the same thing. I thought it was hilarious that like the South would just shut down every time there was a cold snap. Yeah. yeah. What I've realized (laughs) is there is zero equipment to take care of anything. No. So when it ices over, when it snows, when it does any kind of wintry weather, you just have to wait for it to melt. Like that's it. So you're just stuck inside. For yeah. like three, four, five days yeah. until it literally gets warm enough to melt. One hundred percent. Yeah, northern cities like budget that into like, in like they factor that into like how they operate. So like I used to live in uh, in Salt Lake City and in, in Utah and stuff, and like snow was just a thing, right? It's like anytime there was any sort of snow or whatever, like there was you had the trucks out salting, you know, putting salt down, and that's just how they operated. Dallas, it's, just, <laughs> it's not a thing. So you know when anything, what's that? They spray salt water on the roads here. Oh, yeah. They, they do what's called brining. So they just mm. go out with big tanker trucks and spray salt water on the roads because there's not enough like rock salt rock. to actually put it out. I mean, hey. And it doesn't work. It doesn't do anything. Oh, does it? It's, no, it does zero. I don't you know why they do works. it. It doesn't make any sense. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, this, the, southern, the southern states are just not equipped like the northern states are and it, yeah it is comical but it's you know we i and southerners just don't know how to drive in bad condition i i learned no. as, especially no, they, they never yeah. see it they no. never see it i can't imagine no. having grown up in the south and then attempting to drive in snow no it and just, then they over, it doesn't exist and they've got like these big lifted trucks with huge wheels and they're like it's fine i can just go through anything it's totally cool it's like no you can't you can't you still have to drive careful man yeah, two two wheel drive is still two wheel drive if you're not if you're not experienced in driving in slippery conditions because i mean even down here like the roads get slick just when it rains mm. and you have people crashing off the roads just in rain and let alone you know put a little bit of snow on the road and mm. everybody's in a ditch everybody's in a ditch Dude. but i am glad to hear it sounds like katie and the kids made it through okay they made it through. I'm gonna have to figure out a way to like book a massage or something like that for her because that was. <laughs> you I mean, it. I had a hard. I had a hard three days, but she. I mean, three days with uh, with with kids trapped inside, no way out. That was. Uh, I mean, I saw I saw a couple of uh, Instagram stories looking at a beach. So I mean, eighteen hour yeah. days are tough. <laughs> but you <laughs> walked outside to the ocean and, and a beach in in a t shirt. I did. I did. So it was. Uh, it was tough, boy. I was literally looking at the Atlantic Ocean, like right outside my hotel window. So yeah, like, what oh, a setting to be in. To, yeah, to have to work, right? It's not <laughs> not too shabby. Oh man, leading up to that trip though was really stressful. Be okay, what? We, all right, so what we need is a weekly counter of of if our families are healthy, if there's no sickness involved. I'd be a miracle if we make it one week without talking about sickness, because leading up to the um, up to the trip, mm-hmm. uh, our oldest he. Uh, came down with uh, flu A and strep uh, at the same time. 
and boy, like it hit him like a ton of bricks, man. And he was just like out and we felt horrible. And I'm like, dude, I like I'm contracted to do this job in Florida. Like I cannot. And it's yeah. a lot of money. He's like we need the money. And uh, like I cannot get sick, dude. I can't. So he basically quarantined and we were like worried about like me getting sick, but also Katie getting sick because like she's alone for three days with these kids. Yeah. And uh, even, you know, without the weather, you know, being in consideration, being sick and having to parent alone is an absolute nightmare. Like I can't even think of being many hard things outside of that. One right? kid alone is hard enough. I cannot imagine trying to parent two active boys um i mean and and then your youngest right like just three kids at all who Mm -hmm. you know i mean they still amazing thing is like kids still have to eat even when you're sick like you can't just not feed them uh and so you still gotta do some parenting stuff all the demands and rigors are still there it doesn't matter like you know it's you you're sick doesn't matter so it's um yeah leading up to that trip was tough but luckily we stayed healthy all throughout um, and you know, as I was leaving, he was, you know, he was, he was recovering, he was getting better. So that was, uh, that was tough, but yeah, and then I come back and then, uh, my other son, he starts spiking a fever. So we're like, awesome. Great. So <laughs> and, sick. Yeah, just Never revolving stops. door. Yeah, it is what it is, but yeah, how about you, man, uh, you've been, you been good. Uh, yeah, good, good. We had a, a really good week. Um, just uh, as as we said the last podcast episode we are getting ready for the arrival of our second um so our daughter is slated to arrive on friday this friday mm. which is feels insane it feels like it's it's flown by but it hasn't it, it's really weird we feel prepared and unprepared all at once um mm-hmm. but the good news mm-hmm. is we, we're finally kind of getting the last little things together we're starting to get her room together which I mean, she's not going to be in for probably six months or so at least. Yeah, um, yeah. So, but it's still nice to have that space complete and kind of get her artwork hung up and get her room all settled so when we're ready to move her in there, there's not a lot of work to do. It's so exciting, um, man. And then the rest of that was just kind of, you know, getting our son prepared for it, getting him through daycare, getting all of our, like, childcare stuff set up so that we know, mm-hmm. um, you know, our kid's taken care of while we're in the hospital for a couple days. Um, and then just packing and, um, mm-hmm. you know, kind of fingers crossed. She doesn't decide to arrive early. That's sort of our, our big, like, uh, you know, kind of lurking panic right now is every time my wife sits back in the seat in the car and goes, I'm like, mm. Oh, is this it? I was like, is that a contraction? Is that a contraction? <laughs> like I'm, I'm constantly annoying her and asking her if she's okay. I'm like, are you okay? Are you okay? Does it hurt? Are you all right? Is there anything I can do? She's like, just leave me alone. I'm just uncomfortable. She's at that like that stage where just like everything hurts and she's uncomfortable constantly. <laughs> yeah, man, like I feel bad for her, and we're we're so excited, but it's uh, you know, kind of getting down to the wire where it's um, you know, it's going to be nice to to have her out, and you know, our son's excited to meet her, and and uh, and really mm-hmm. excited to be a big brother, which That's is going to be a different change, but I think it's going to be really good for him. We were really scared about that when we welcomed our second. Uh, because we were like, how is Henry going to like adapt to this change? So I think we, we did a thing and maybe it's dumb, but like, I think we like heard about it on Instagram or something like that, where like the baby comes and, uh, when our oldest meets the baby for the first time at the hospital, like we give, we, we give him a gift and we're like, oh, it's from the baby, you know, yeah. <laughs> we're just like, oh, no, we're doing, we're okay. doing the same thing. 
Are you? Okay. Yeah. So, so like a we're not doing offering. a hospital meet though. Yeah. So we're not doing a hospital meet. We're going to wait until meet? we get home. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We're going to do home. And then they were like, of course you read as much as you can about this. Cause you're like trying not to mess up mm. the kid you already have. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's your biggest fear is like having another kid and messing up the one you already have. Yeah. And it's really just like, okay, when you come home, you greet your child first without the baby. Yes. And then yeah. you introduce them like to the baby. So it's like they've missed you. They get to see you first. It's not, you know, mm-hmm. mom and dad walking in and going, oh, here's your new sibling. Like, mm-hmm. get out of my way. Mm-hmm. Um, so they don't mm-hmm. feel like they're they're kind of stuck in the backseat, which, you know, it's probably plenty of chance that they will at some point. But at least right. if you can make that initial meeting really nice and exciting, hopefully they'll uh, that'll carry through for the next <laughs> couple years or rest of their lives. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, I remember that that moment was yeah because what what we did was I went and got Henry first downstairs and uh, it was and, and Katie was you know in, in her bed uh, holding Colin up in her up in the room and brought Henry up so yeah I I did kind of like the initial greet to like soften him up and like okay hey you're gonna meet your new brother um, and and yeah I think it worked out great it was fine but with the um, with our third with uh, Sienna. We did it more like that. We didn't do the hospital uh, greet. We we just um, we we brought her home and and we, we kind of did that same approach where we kind of primed them and, and it was just like me and Katie first and then Sienna came in and we had the help of of in laws and stuff like that that kind of helped us with with that whole process. But they took to her really quickly. It was it was great. They were holding her within seconds and they've uh, awesome. they've enjoyed uh, being big brothers to her and it's it's really cool to see two boys be big brothers, protective big brothers of their little baby sister, like already. And they're only, they're five and three, but they already have that, that protective yeah. instinct built in. So it's really cool to see that and, and how, awesome. how gentle they are with her. So yeah, that's, that's awesome. what we're hoping for. So we got, we got a big week ahead. So um, I will do my best to continue to be on the podcast, but I know, I, right. We're I may not make break. any sense in the next episode. Next time we record, it, yeah, I may man. not, I'll might be just completely nonsensical and exhausted, but I do. Oh. I think I actually do want to try and at least get some podcasts in because I think it'll be cool to share that of like, yes. what's it like to bring that second kid home? Like, what is that yeah. experience like? Because it's almost like real time. Yeah. It's you know, raw. That real it's time, that uh, baby, like newborn stage, which 100% you know, it's going to yeah. be cool. But I did that vlog like, after our second, like I vlogged every minute of like coming home. I of, saw like, that what one. I did. And, I remember uh, looking at you and just realizing how exhausted you were because you can you can like feel it through the screen. Oh yeah, I, mean, I was exhausted, and also like it's one thing when you're just like living through exhaustion, but it's another when you're also like trying to like edit a YouTube video in your head and try to capture. <laughs> content <laughs> while you're actually being a parent to a, yeah, a newborn. Yeah, let's keep a storyline in your head while you're yeah. trying to keep a tiny human alive. Oh, man. But that was, uh, yeah, I, I think it'll be great to, to you know, in the coming episodes to have, like, that raw, like, I'm a new dad. I'm tired. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm going through. Because you forget those moments. You kind of block those yeah. out in, in a way. And, uh, we, we, you know, in our, and we have a, for those who, who, who aren't aware, we've got, like, a, a father-figured community, which is, like, our, our private Discord community uh, for those who uh, either opt into it um, or they, they get free access to it if they, if they buy one of our courses that are designed for, like, first year uh, first year dads and um it's a place where you can like ask questions stuff like that ben just joined it 
and uh, I'm sure he'll be chiming in. But yeah, there's there are guys who are actively like right now who are like in Mexico who hey, this is our baby, and and like this is cool. Like people are having babies in real time, but they're asking these questions, and there's time there there are moments where I'm just kind of like how did I approach this again in like week two? Like, I, I don't remember. So, um, yeah, luckily we have built out a course like that. And there are other guys who are kind of like, Oh, and, and they'll chime in with, with different bits of advice. So Ben, I mean, if you did need advice, just go to the group, go to the discord. They're, they're guys who are there who are down to help. So oh, that community is awesome. It's great to see how many guys are in there. Just not only sharing those like first moments of fatherhood, which are, are so special, but, uh, sharing and giving each other advice, like just mm. what do I carry? What do I do? What should I buy? I don't understand this. I'm scared about this. I'm excited about this. Like, how did you guys experience this? Like that's, that's such a, um, such a thing that I think a lot of guys are missing, um, mm. that they, they don't get to share with people or, you know, they don't get to talk through those, um, you know, whether it's fears or excitement or whatever from, from that sort of dad's perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really cool to see a community that's, uh, that's doing something special like that. It's definitely a cool community. I wouldn't say it's like the most active, like a mom group, but it doesn't need to be, you know, they're guys who, you know, maybe once, twice a day, pop in, yeah, pop you out. get out what you put in. Exactly. It's great. It's great. So Ben, do you want to dive into our first topic of conversation here? Yeah, let's kick in. All right, man. So Marie Kondo talked about at the top of the of the podcast here. Marie Kondo was is a kind of world renowned uh, home organizer, right? She's got a best selling book. There was a whole Netflix series uh, that that really popped off uh, with her, uh, where again she really coined the phrase like, "Does something spark joy?" And if it does, you keep it. If it doesn't, toss it and then you thank it for what it did and then and then and you, it's like a whole thing and still to this day my wife like said you know oh, this sparks joy i love this thing it sparks joy uh but uh she kind of recently in, in an interview talked about how that whole process of of keeping your home clean and organized and really it it, it comes from like a very minimalistic perspective right mm-hmm. um how that methodology is really challenged and kind of impossible <laughs> when you have kids and a lot of people jumped on that bandwagon there's like oh, see it's not feasible and then it's like your whole system is crap blah 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 uh but what's interesting is that these, these people who are certified in in the um in the in her method i think it's the it's like condo uh, mar or something like that yeah it's something I like that. It's, it's like a hybrid of her name yeah it, yeah it's like mar condo or something like that it, people who are like certified and that really came to the defense of it and uh, they, and we'll get into it, but they, you know, said, you know, it's, it's not so much about like, sorry, you can't keep a clean home and our method is crap. It's more like, it's, it's about like, how are you able to find joy in your life? Uh, and, and that's, and that's kind of the whole thing. And unfortunately when you have kids, your source of joy is just, it's different. Um, and you kind of in a way have to embrace the mess, but anyway, I'll, I'll kick it off well, to you. Like, what, what do you think about that article? Yeah, I think I think it was really interesting reading through this. So, um, you know, we, we kind of got on the, the Marie Kondo kick for a little while um, where I was looking through, especially like clothes and just clutter. Yeah. And trying to see if it was something that I really did enjoy. I kind of have this rule in my house that I, I try to live by where if I pick something up and I look at it and I say, oh, I forgot I had this. Yeah. Unless it's something that's absolutely necessary that I know I'm going to use again. It's out the door. Yep. Um, 
I'm kind of the same way. But I think this is, yeah, I think this is so interesting because my wife and I have talked about this too of like, you know, keeping a tidy home. And we're not, we're, we're generally not like super messy people, but we're not super organized either. There's clutter. There's just like stuff everywhere. Mm-hmm. And for me, I know like mentally that kind of bothers me a little bit because, uh, you know, I think a cluttered space is kind of a cluttered mind. Mm-hmm. But, but what I do see, and I think this is sort of the point of the article, if you really read into it, is not that she's given up on the idea of a clean home, but that the idea of a clean and tidy home is less important than spending quality time with her. I think she has three kids now, and I think the last one she had was in like 2021. And so it's this idea of like levels of levels of joy and fulfillment that you get out of certain things. And so before she had her kids, her ultimate joy was keeping a very tidy, minimal household. She had the time and brain capacity to think about all the things in her home and say, is this something that I really need? Is this something that I enjoy having? Um, And does it have a place in my home? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, eventually, especially with three kids, I can't imagine it's like, you don't have the mental capacity or the energy or even I think the drive to focus on those things because the things you're focusing on are, are my kids happy and healthy? Are they learning? Are we spending quality time together? Right. Um, and I think that's really important to, to take away from this article. It's not that she's like giving up on this. It's just that right. in this season of her life, being super minimal and being completely decluttered and completely tidy is not the most important thing. Right. You know, an interesting thing about about myself was uh, there are a lot of difficult parts of parenting for me, but this was actually one of the things that really like I, I struggle with personally because I am a very like organized person. Like everything has their place. Like if you point to a cabinet in the house I firmly believe that like if you can't tell me what's in there, then you shouldn't be in there. You don't, you don't need it. You know, just then get rid of it. Like I know where everything is, where everything should be. Uh, and you know, we try this thing where you know we're at the top of the year. You flip all of your clothes in your on on your rack like the, your hangers to face oh, the you other do that way. Hanger flip. Yeah, if yeah. You, like if you don't use it, you get rid of it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's awesome. So uh, and has and, that worked for you? Oh yeah. I dude, I and I, I like organize my my closet by like color. It's uh, like the, the whole Roy G. Biv format. Like, dude, I'm weird. Uh, <laughs> but like, I, some real insight into like how you live your life. I think this is interesting. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, I uh, like my my closet is like really like lean. Like everything that that's in there, I I wear it often. I just did a bit of a purge where I'm like, dude, I just. I don't like this shirt. It's just a little tight. I gain weight. It's just this reality. Yeah, I'm not yeah. wearing the shirt anymore. It's out. It's it. gone. So, and, or like a lot of those shirts I've had for years anyway. I just needed a refresh. I've bought a bunch of built stuff. So I'm on that nice. built shirt train now. But uh, yeah, so, you know, I've lived really like organized and just having kids, especially three now, it's completely challenged that like it's always a mess no matter how hard you try no matter how how much you're staying on top of it it's it's just really really difficult and the time and it's just what's hard is the amount of time that you need to put into like cleaning the house the game room the kitchen all that Mm -hmm. stuff that's time that's like you're pulling away from time like that you're spending with your kids 
so that you can right. clean and organize your home that's just inevitably going to get messy again. So right. I, it's I, now that said, it's so it's you know, I'm sure people hear that and be like, so what, you just live in, in filth? Like, no, we don't. Like, we have a routine where every night we certainly, you know, we we, we tidy up. My mm-hmm. wife's doing it right now while I'm talking yeah, you to you. But... Reset. Yeah, you <laughs> yeah exactly. Reset. That, and I that's our that. reset, that's, for sure. Yeah, that's what we try to do in our house, too, as much as we can. I think, you know, I think, again, it's balance, right? It's, it's like yes. in parenting, you seek balance in your life. You have to seek balance, too. And it's, there may be things that, that, you know, would bother you normally or would be something that, that would, um, you know, make you upset or make you feel disorganized or, or whatever the case is. But, you know, you look at it and say, okay, in the grand scheme of, of raising children, is this really that important, right? Are they happy? Are they healthy? Are they fed? Do they know that they're, they're loved and that they're safe? And it, once right. those things are met, then it's kind of everything else. All right, let's right. try and organize just for your own sanity and your own efficiency. Right. Um, but, you know, it, ultimately it's it's not all, you know, it, it's it's what you choose to focus on and what you choose to put value in. Right. And but now what's hard, though, is like you also need to take those opportunities to like instill some sort of some level of respect toward like space and like where this goes here with your kids right mm-hmm. you need to have those teaching moments it's just like a matter of how hard you push it like it's just not sustainable to like do it every minute of every day like hey once you take it out you need to put it right back like i've tried that it totally backfired it just doesn't work it doesn't for kids. work they it just get mad nah nah yeah and, and, and then they get mad and then it becomes a power struggle it's like a whole thing uh but I, 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 I want to quote uh, from the article. It's called the Marie Consultant. That's the people who, mm, like, okay. uh, put in a certain amount of hours, a tidy hours, into becoming, like, a certified, like, Marie method it's, it's expert. It's, like, 1,500 hours or something, right? It's a lot of, of tidying. tidying hours, man. That's yeah, insane. It's a lot. Of, like, cleaning things. Right. <laughs> exactly. And just, like, organizing. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I don't know that I've done that in my life. Like, I I'm 35. <laughs> I don't know if I'd put in 1,500 hours of cleaning in my entire life. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But um, in response to a lot of people who are saying like you're this this whole like minimalist cleaning method, it's it's BS. Uh, this is what one of their experts says. It said she was never asking us to create perfectly organized spaces. She was asking us to identify the things that truly spark joy to us on a personal level, and to commit to living more joy, uh, a more joyful life. Those core principles haven't changed. So a lot of people like like to like associate her method with cleanliness and clean countertops and all that. And to some extent, like yeah, that's because that stuff does have. I believe a positive mental impact. Um, but I think the bigger picture is I think, and, and you hit on this too, is are things serving a purpose? Are they serving uh, the purpose of, of, of bringing joy into your life? Um, and I think some of the things that are just on the floor. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. Now, another thing is that there actually is research. Uh, there, there's research that shows that mess is good developmentally for little for, for for your littles like they actually need to get messy mm-hmm. because that is how they learn uh how to explore that's it, it factors into problem solving there's actual research that says that so i mean when you do kind of have this authoritarian strict like no everything needs to be clean you're actually doing them a disservice and it actually is stunting them uh stunting their development yeah, i'm sorry i cut you off to... what were you gonna say no it's okay kids kids need to know how to organize um, and, and 
they don't learn that unless things are disorganized. And you have to think that their brains are not wired that way. And so in order for them to learn, they need to have the mess out, they need to explore, and then they'll start to pick out the sort of logical patterns like blocks, like sorting blocks by color or by like we have soft blocks and we have hard blocks and there's two different buckets. Mm. And until until he kind of dumps all the blocks out on the floor and then figures mm. out why are these two things different, he's not making that connection. If I just say, okay, these go in here, these go in here, and this is why, he's not really mm. making that sort of neural connection to say, oh, because these blocks, even though they're all different colors, are the same type, like they're the hard plastic blocks, and then right. these are like the foam blocks. Mm -hmm. um, so like you said, that that idea of having mess and then being able to go through and categorize it and organize it ultimately does help them develop. Um, right. We've seen that in our son of like his ability to take things and, and kind of categorize things now because we let him put it all out, and they say, okay, now it's time to clean it up. Let's figure out where everything goes. So do you, do you have you personally, do you have like dedicated spaces or like a yes space? Right. Uh, like I, I've heard that, especially in like the Montessori world. Have you guys like, de like have dedicated spaces where like, this is meant to be a play area where it is supposed to get messy to kind of, kind of relatively, I don't know, contain yeah. how, how far the mess goes. How yeah. Do you like our, that? our upstairs loft is like our playroom. Right. Um, and that's, that's where the majority of his toys go. He has some toys downstairs, but we try mm -hmm. to kind of contain it to that space because, you know, we can gate it off. Uh, we know there's not going to be a ton of people going up and down there and it's a space for him to, you know, if he wants to throw his blocks around and get crazy, it's fine. Like there's not a bunch of breakable stuff up there. We keep it yeah. pretty minimal. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's been helpful for him to have that space. And then, you know, if there's other kids over, they can all go up there and play and we know that they're, they're safe and they're, they're sort of contained in an area. Um, and then the adults can kind of socialize downstairs if they want to. Right. You know, we, we uh, today is actually a good example that like we, we have a very similar situation where we've got an, an upstairs kind of game room area. Um, and that's kind of where a majority of the play is. And we have this five by five cubby hole thing that we got from Ikea. And in those cubby holes are like these little pull out cube, um, like, uh, uh, what it, like drawers or something like that. But oh, like those little storage bins. Yeah, exactly. Those storage yeah. bins. I, why could I not think of the phrase storage <laughs> bins? <laughs> so complex, Ben. <laughs> spent three days in Florida. <laughs> Brain just is lost at all. So like in each of those bins, like I, I and I label things, man. I'm weird. I'm, I label things. But like I, I have like a label like this is where balls go. This is where uh, the action figures go. This is where the blocks go. This is where and our boys know where everything is. Uh, where, where everything is supposed to go. Is it clean five, six days out of the week? No, but we will, you know, at least once a week, be like, hey, boys, let's get this all cleaned up so that, you know, we can just kind of reset and we have them do it. We don't do it, right? We have them right. do it. And they know where everything goes. Like the like the fake food toys that go in their kitchen, they go in a very specific spot. And right now, it's actually clean up there. If I were to take my camera up there right now, it's really clean. They did a great job and everything is where it is. Right. Tomorrow's going to be an absolute mess because they just, you know. Yeah, I mean, they rip, come through like tornadoes and rip everything apart. Right. Because that's just right. what they do. That's what they do. But they have it instilled like, okay, this does have a, have a space. It's just, you know, Wednesday is when it sits on the floor, though. So that, you know, it's just going to sit there. But, yeah. um, you know, it's, um, there are, there are, it, 
it's it's really cool that they that they they definitely know where where things go and i, I don't know i think there's a sense of importance there and yeah. yeah, that's just that's just how we operate, man. But I mean, that's the thing, right? Kids are kids are messy, kids are loud, and I think it makes a, a good segue into uh, our second topic that we wanted mm. to talk about, which was uh, saw this really interesting article about. I think it was an Australian TikToker named Baby Soja. I think that was her her, uh, her I, I screen think that name. Was, yeah, um, yeah. And she shared this story, this experience of her swimming and being interrupted by children at a pool mm-hmm. right screaming mm-hmm. kids it's at a pool it's summertime now do we really think that screaming kids at a pool is like a big deal as a parent no doesn't really bother me yeah. at one point in my life it probably would have but what it did is it brought up through her post she sort of brought up this idea of you know if there's a space meant for an adult um you know is it possible to have a child free neighborhood and it was really interesting to look at some of the opinions that came out of this because there were a mm-hmm. lot of people who were parents and not parents who agreed with yeah. her saying, yeah. yes, I think there should be a child-free space or child-free neighborhoods. Yeah. Um, it was really interesting because it's like, you know, you see all these like 55 and up communities where like I can't live there unless I'm 55 or older, which right. is like kind of the same concept, right? You're you're yeah. keeping the young people out because you want a nice, quiet neighborhood. Right. So I'd be interested to, to get your thoughts on this on, you know, obviously you have kids now, but at some point in the future, or if you could go back to your younger self, right. would you want to live in a kid-free neighborhood? So here's the thing. For me, I personally never had an issue. Like I was never, I've never been like, a, well, I don't think I, I was ever annoyed by kids. Like they're screaming too much or being too loud. I'm like really annoyed. Um, But her idea like the core idea of it mm-hmm. i'm not opposed to it like i sure like it, I, it yeah because honestly i think that's something that we as parents could also leverage oh you're talking about like neighborhood free <laughs> i mean i'm not talking about just like just uh kid-free neighborhood i'm talking about like things outside like kid-free anything that's not centered around yeah. like alcohol and nightlife because i feel like anything's like just uh, just adults right, only it's like right. nightlife like you know, I don't know, kid-free restaurants. I was like, I, I don't see a problem with that because, like, it's yeah. also something that I can leverage, and I think that's great because, yeah, kids are annoying. You know, I think it's totally fine. I think the thing that just bugged me was just the way she delivered it. She just sounded so entitled and kind of just so bitter, bratty, so bitter. Just yeah, yeah, that's a great way of putting it. She just sounded really bitter. But like that aside, I think the core idea is. Fine, yeah, like a kid-free neighborhood. I don't think it's a bad idea. I mean, if if those existed, I think that would certainly be beneficial. And if they're you know kid-free, anything out there, I'm sure there's there's value in that. Um, but yeah, yeah I mean, what, what what are your thoughts on that? Well, I know, like, so my wife and I have done a fair amount of traveling. We've done you know some resorts and stuff like that. And um, you know, in some of your resorts, you have like the family side, and you have the adults only side, which you know, to your point, a lot of it is still centered around kind of nightlife and, um, and uh, you know, kind of going out and drinking and all that. But mm-hmm. the big plus is that you have um, adults-only restaurants. You have adults-only pools where, you know, it's a little more relaxed. And it's not every pool because there's some, you know, like rager party pools. Yeah. Um, but there are a lot of pools that are just really quiet. You can go and just, like, have a drink and swim around and, and not really be bothered 
by anybody. So as a parent, I can see the value in adults only spaces. I get it. Mm -hmm. Like kids are loud. They're chaotic. They need a lot all the time. Right. And that chaos is like one of my favorite things in the world to <laughs> to just live in that that insanity of raising young kids because it's right. like you never know what you're going to get. It's always changing, it's always shifting. Yeah, yeah. But I can get, you know, I think I would think Some maybe hate younger that. me, mm-hmm. you know, early 20s me might be more enjoy might enjoy more a space that was for adults only. Right. Um, if I was on like a honeymoon, like when my wife and I went on our honeymoon, we went to like an adults only place because it made sense for us. We didn't want to be bothered by screaming kids running around. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now that for I'm sure. a parent, I'm like, hey, you would all love my kid if you just got to know him. Right. But right. I can understand. And it sort of brings up the idea too. like now that I have kids, mm-hmm. I have more respect for people who choose not to have kids. Yeah, um, I have more yeah. of an understanding of it because it's 100%. like, and even if it's not for the reasons that, you know, I might agree with or whatnot, I get it. Like, yeah. it's incredibly hard. It's a huge financial, um, you know, huge financial uh, obligation, right? Kids are yeah. super expensive. Everything about them is expensive. Uh, exactly. Um, and it's just time and energy. And they so, are. you know, if you don't want to be surrounded by that, either you don't have your kids and maybe that's how you choose to live your life. Um, but I think the challenge then is that you don't want to make it so that there are public places where I am obligated not to take my child. So that's kind of the thing is like, then do you make these people pay the premium to be kid free, to be in like a kid free zone? So, all right. So to go back real quick, um, on the point that you just talked about, about like people who choose not to have kids and, and and you know the respect they're in and, and you know what it that is a there are some people who make that decision because they know that they are unable to provide the right you know the right mental effort or or, or financially uh just the the best you know um environment for the kids and they're like I, i'm not i'm not gonna do this kid any justice man i'm just this is not for me i'm yeah. just not gonna do it i don't I'm, I'm not gonna raise this kid right and they're making that decision I'm like you know what Props to you, man. That's cool. I've got three kids. Happy with our decision. But like for those who chose not to, I'm like, hey, man, that's all you, bro. I'm cool. I'm cool with that. It. I'm cool with that. I get it. But uh, now to th- for reference, if you haven't seen this video, this is a girl who is like, what, 20 something, like 22, something like yeah, that, right? Like early 20s, I think. Yeah. So she's definitely a non-parent who's just like really bugged and annoyed, right? But now a lot of people are coming at this from the lens of, of a person who's like a non-parent and how kids are annoying. But you really have to understand like, for us as parents, right, we are, you know, we're cooped up in a house all day. We're dealing with sicknesses. We're just, we're mentally drained. These kids are, and, and they're, they're just, they're trapped inside. They just want to burst outside and just go have fun. So we take them to a pool, right? Mm-hmm. And now you guys are annoyed because our kids are getting out the energy. It was like, I, well, I can't even take my kids to a pool now. So that, right, so right. on the flip side, there's that where it's like, you know, like, why can't I take my kids to a pool? Now, granted, the, I think what she was referring to, though, is there was like a kiddie pool and then there was like a pool that was that was like for adults with lanes. Right. And right, the kids right. like didn't stay in the kiddie side. They went and they were screaming and doing whatever in like the lanes uh, where where adults were. You know, I was an area designated for adults. Right. 
they were probably playing too much Marco Polo and she got pissed, you know? So I think that's, that, you know, that to me is like kind of on the parents too. Like there, there's a, right there. I was there's just, a, yeah. yeah, there's, there's like a, there's a line that parents need to draw to, to say, yeah. Okay. I, well, let's, let's kind of respect the, the space of others. And, and it's, it's something that we tell our son all the time. Like when we walk into a store, there's a lot of breakable stuff. You know, we, we like to go to like a lot of kind of smaller, like boutique, like locally owned places if we can. And the first thing we say when we walk in the store, as I look at my son and I said, we respect, I said, we need to remember, we respect other people's spaces. Mm-hmm. And so that's, a, that's a thing that we talk about all the time. And what right. that means is by respecting other people's spaces, we're going to try not to scream. We're going to try, you know, he's two. So if he throws a temper tantrum, it happens. Yeah. But that means we keep our hands to ourselves, and we look, but we don't touch. And if we want to uh-huh. touch something, we ask, mm-hmm. right? So there's sort of this whole thing where we say, and no matter where we go, if we're in a restaurant, if we're in, you know, at a pool, we say we respect other people's spaces. So we try to make an effort to learn those kind of social norms. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right, which, because they're going to need to know that anyways. Yeah. Um, and, and balance that out with like letting a kid be a kid and letting them run around. But I think to your point, like what you were getting to is some parents just sort of let their kids run wild because Dude. they're, they might just be drained. Yeah. They, and they're just aloof and they just let their kids just go. And that's where, where like, I see as a parent, I'm not like that. Or at least I, I like to think that I'm not like that. Right. Like I, I like <laughs> to think that I, I have, I have, you know, the enough self-awareness to be like, yo, my kids are a disturbance. I need to wrangle them. I need to reel them right. back in here. Okay. Um, because you know, for me, like being like that, like that's where I kind of like take offense to this girl. I'm like, my kid's not doing that. Like the, he knows how to respect right. this space. He's not going right. crazy. But I do side with her in this case because if I didn't have kids and stuff like that, I know that a lot of parents out there are just kind of like, oh, we're at the pool. Y'all do whatever you want. I'm trying, I'm right. chilling here with a mimosa. Okay. Mommy and daddy, you leave us alone. And they let their kids go crazy. And that's annoying. Uh, that drives me nuts. So it's that it's actually less on the kids and more that. about the yeah it, it drives everyone nuts and and it's less about the kids and more about the parents just not you know having a watchful eye and just taking and I get it we all need a break like I I, I get that but like we we just, we do need to be conscious of like what our kids are doing yeah. around the pool especially like especially if they're little like it's a pool man they yeah, can drown still like, it's still dangerous it's still seriously dangerous. seriously and you can't uh, just like shut off like that's that's nah. the biggest thing right is you can't and that's why you want to you, you know can't. you want to i mean i'm sure there are times you just want to like check out and not do anything and like mm-hmm. oh yeah everybody else will kind of keep an eye on my kid yeah but that is what kind of gives gives parents and young children sort of a bad name is the parents that do check out and then just refuse to, uh, you know, reprimand their kids, set boundaries again, refuse Mm -hmm. to teach them to respect other people's spaces. I think that's always an important lesson because that's Mm going to carry through, you know, into adulthood. Yeah. And you know, we always talk about how like vacations for us have changed so much, like, especially like a beach trip, like a beach trip is not a a fun, relaxing beach trip anymore because the, like I would have loved to just like sit on a beach and read a book. Right. But no, we're sitting on a beach playing defense. And I make it sound like a bad thing, but like, yeah, I mean, like, we're enjoying the beach, sure, but you we're always have a watchful eye it's the mm-hmm. parents that like still resume like the the life of like oh no i is it, it's just like when we were you know kid free back then kids are doing whatever we're kicking back reading a book with older kids sure but like with littles man no you you still have to play the defense 
and watch him and wrangle him in. So I think that's, you know, I feel like her anger, as much as it was with the kids in that moment, mm-hmm. I think her anger should have been more with the parents being like, yo, you should reel your kids in a little bit more. Right. It's the just hard. Were, How do you say that? You know, it's right. It's they hard. weren't setting the boundary. They weren't setting the example, which is yeah. usually where you see, you know, kids losing it in restaurants and all that stuff. It's like it happens yeah. and you do your best. But, you know, we went to um, we rented a cabin for New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went to this really nice restaurant right on New Year's Eve. There's a ton of people having this great dinner. Yeah. And my son got tired and started to just throw a tantrum. Yeah. And so out of respect for the other people in the restaurant, I picked him up. I took him outside so that yep. we could sit and talk and calm down and figure things out and, and yep. feel a little bit better before we went back into the restaurant to enjoy the rest of our meal. Mm-hmm. Because I think it's important again, to respect other people. Like they're having a meal that they're, that they paid a lot of money for. I'm there with my two year old at seven o'clock at night and trying to, to have a nice meal as well. Um, and I think it's just respectful of everybody else. Like I'm the one that chose to have a kid. Mm-hmm. I need to make sure that they understand where they fit into that into that space and into that spectrum because if we don't, then they're never going to learn that lesson and they're going to continue to just sort of do whatever they want wherever in whatever space they're in. Yeah, it's it, we we had a really similar situation where um, we it was just, it just happened recently too. We have a lot of friends nearby with kids of very similar age, uh, and there are a couple ice cream parlors that we we really enjoy going to. One place is called Jeremiah's. It's in McKinney, Texas. It's delicious. It's amazing. But we went in there, and there's uh, four families. Uh, so it's me and Katie, our three kids, and then a bunch of other kids, uh, and and there are a bunch of other families in there as well. But when these kids get together, like. They they get loud. They start playing with each other. They start getting loud. Mm-hmm. And so we're all chatting. We're just in our own little world. And these kids are getting super loud. Uh, and some of the other parents are just kind of like, uh, I don't know, just letting it happen, you know? But yeah. For me, I'm always trying to tell, like, Henry, like, dude, you, dude, you need be the leader, not the follower. Tell him to calm down, right? He he's not gonna listen to me, of course not. But like no, I'm trying not when he's here. Fired up like that. Nuh-uh. But then I, I but then I catch some some shade from like other people in in this little ice cream shop and uh and they're just getting quick little glances i'm like okay so i i like tell yeah, everyone now like, you can tell people are getting we mad. need to go outside like yeah. right now and like let them do this outside because like we are a disturbance like this is this is like not acceptable right and uh and it's annoying you don't want to have to do that but like you got to do it as a parent some people out there and maybe if you're listening to this podcast you're watching this on youtube you might be guilty of this too you're just aloof. You're just like, whatever, man. I'm here to just kick back and relax and enjoy a friggin' ice cream. My right. kids do whatever. But, like, you, you just have to be. I can't. I can't I, do it. I don't know if it was, like, how I was raised or if it's, like, some <laughs> deep-seated psychological need to not be judged by other people. I don't know what it is. Or if it's just, like, societal expectation. I have no idea. But I can't do it. I can't, like, just sit there and let my kids scream and cause a disturbance and ruin no. things for yeah. other people. I well I I'm I'm very similar way but I think it's because it on a deeper level I think I have a, an issue with like I will go all right so here's the thing uh, we're getting a level deeper here with Andrew okay <laughs> I have trouble asking for help I will go so far out of my way and make myself so dis- like get myself into such a uh, a dis- in a, a point of total discomfort as long mm-hmm. as it doesn't inconvenience you Right. I, and that's just how I've always been. Like, I don't want to ask someone to do something if it's going to inconvenience them. I could do it myself. It's stressful. I don't really have the time, but I'll figure it out because I don't want to inconvenience them. 
right? I think that's deep down how I am. Now, on the on, now when we when we parallel that with kids, I don't want my kids to inconvenience them for whatever reason. And I have right. this thing of like, if I'm inconveniencing someone, I have an issue, right? And and it's it's a sucky problem to have, like to not ask for help. Like for me, like I'm trying to scale a business with dad verb and stuff like that. Yeah. And I don't ask for help. I don't know how to leverage <laughs> help properly. And there's issues, right? Man, man I should stop Delegate, talking. Delegate, but like ask for help. Yeah, <laughs> But deep down, that's it. that's why I am the way I am with our kids. Like I just don't like being a disturbance to other people. And, no, but you know I totally get that because I feel I, I relate to that uh a hundred percent. And I don't, I don't know exactly what it is or where it comes from, but I have, I have this, like, it's almost like I'm always keeping an eye on the people around me mm-hmm. to see how I'm impacting them. Yeah. You know what I mean? One. Because, yeah. and it's more because I feel like there are, you know, like we said, there are parents who don't do that. And then sort of kids get a bad name. They get this mm-hmm. idea of like, kids are just loud, annoying, and they're messy. And they can be. I mean, they're, they're kids. It's not, you know, they're not going to be perfect. They're still learning. They're they're meant to be loud and messy and crazy. Mm. Um, but I think, again, we, we just sort of, as parents, need to step in and say, like, this is what the expectation is. This is how we are expected to behave. And then these are the, you know, the sort of the rules of the road, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we kind of need to to stick to that in order to be productive members of society. It's on us. It's on us 100% to set that example. So if you guys are, are um, watching this on YouTube, uh, you know, comment your thoughts on this, uh, on the Marie Kondo situation, uh, not situation, but the Marie Kondo topic, uh, your thoughts on having child-free neighborhoods. Uh, you know, are, are you in line with us? You disagree with us? Just share your thoughts, right? Because parenting isn't a linear journey. It's very widespread. There are different thoughts and opinions on this. So uh, please share your thoughts. Uh, if you're listening on, on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts, which we are at now, uh, I don't think you can leave comments, but leave us a great review. We'd really appreciate that and help us grow to number three in Brazil. <laughs> that oh, would be, be number three by next week. <laughs> Dude, let's go. Let's go. Uh, but let's segue into the final topic that we have here. And that's the topic of whether or not your spouse is your best friend. So fatherly.com. Now, I, I realize that this was actually posted a while back. I think they published this article back in 2018. Yeah. Bottom 18. of the article said that. Yeah. But. They basically laid out reasons as to why your spouse shouldn't be considered your best friend because the relationship for a friend is different for a relationship of a marriage. And I I read through the article. And I don't know how 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 better to phrase this, but I just thought it was a bad take. I just thought it was yeah. so dumb. I, like I, I thought, thought they were, this I, was a terrible take. I thought it was so dumb like i don't know father the fatherly has like they're they're hit or miss for me they have good articles they have bad articles Mm -hmm. but this was just a bad take because my wife is my best friend i i want to spend all the time with her it's just how it's just how it is and i i cherish that relationship that 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 i have um but ben what are your thoughts on what the article is trying the points that they were trying to make well, so I think the whole thing is um, really, really interesting. But the article itself, it was, it was really interesting to read through it because they they talked about the idea that you can't treat your marriage and your friendships like a best friend the same way. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you, but like, so my wife and I have been together since we were nineteen. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a minute. So long, long time. Um, mm-hmm. But we were 
friends before we started dating, mm -hmm. right? So we had similar friend circles. We'd kind of go out with the same people. Like we had, we ran in similar groups. And I think that the basis of any solid marriage starts with a friendship and then generally moves into a relationship and sort of grows from there. Mm -hmm. um, and I know, I mean, there's, I can't think of anybody else that knows more about me, more about my, my preferences, my likes, my dislikes, my things I'm fearful of stuff. I'm worried about my anxieties, my celebrations. Like there's not a single person except maybe like a, a parent, I guess, that has I don't even been, think my parents know me but even then, Katie. yeah, I, I mean, I think that transitioned such a long time ago. I mean, once I like moved out of the house, right? Yeah, like she knows everything about me, and I know everything about her, and that sort of vulnerability, I feel like, is is very different. That's 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 what I would consider a best friend is someone who knows that much about you, and and. Um, can kind of speak to those things and, and right. really kind of, I mean, in a relationship, you kind of mold yourself to each other's fears, anxieties, happiness, um, and, and you really challenge each other to grow. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just, Dude, I, I can't really think of anybody that I'm closer with than my wife. The article tried to like define like the difference between a friendship and a marriage. And they were like, friends don't get intertwined financially and they don't live with you. So they're not friends. It's how a marriage. I'm like, have, how many friends what? have borrowed money from you? You're I, like, all intertwined financially. I and <laughs> uh, let me read you a quote real quick. So th this is from the article, and it's it, quote: "When married, you have each other's parents and siblings as sources of support, uh, or even children." Uh, then they they attribute the the expert or the, the the professional that that said that married people tend to have a broader pool of potential supporters. Um, However, it's different from, well, I, before I go on, I felt like I had the complete opposite experience because when we got mm -hmm. married in those first three, four years, yep. we didn't have any friends, right? Like we didn't have right. any sort of support at all. Felt like all the friends that we did have weren't at the same stage of life as us anymore. Right. Uh, so it just felt like we just couldn't relate to anyone. So I like really had to lean into Katie as like, right. you are my best friend because like we just didn't have anyone. You have any support. And when we had kids... Like we, we didn't have any support and we even had family close by, but it just felt like our family, like just, I don't know. It felt like it was too much of a hassle to ask them to, to help us. And I don't think right. they actually wanted to help us. Like, I don't yeah. know. It was, um, so like, there was just another reason for me to really lean into my relationship with my best friend right. and find strength through her, you know? Yeah. Um, and that but, can be really challenging too. Like the. I think it's interesting where they say you have more of an extended network. And I don't know if this is because of their experience with this, but I know. So like my, I, I was, I'm an only child, super close mm -hmm. with my mom. Mm -hmm. um, and I was really close with my grandparents too. But when we moved to the South, we moved to the Carolinas. It was all my wife's family that was down here. And it's, I mean, I get, I can see the point of them saying like you have this sort of extended support network and I think it's really, it's interesting to think of it that way, but it's a different level of relationship. It's a much different level of relationship where I'm not looking at her. I mean, they do help and support and kind of 
you know, are involved in our lives, but I don't think it's necessarily the level of support Mm -hmm. that you're getting in your marriage. Like it's not this extended support network where I'm looking at it going like, you know, uh, all these people are, are, you know, here to help me constantly or anything like that. I think they're there if we need it. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, everybody's about an hour away. So like, we're not, you know, I would say like super, super involved in each other's lives. Um, Mm -hmm. from like a day-to-day perspective and so where that comes down is like really it's you and your spouse that are involved in all the day-to-day stuff in talking about again what your fears and anxieties are what things are important to you and making some really incredibly important decisions Mm -hmm. Um, you know I mean nobody's nobody's signing on to a mortgage for a house like lightly you know what I mean? Like, like yeah, there's very few yeah. people I would I would entangle myself that deeply financially with, um, you know, especially not from a like a friendship perspective. Man, so, well, I, I don't really have much more to say on it other than like that was just a bad article. <laughs> it's a trash. It's a trash take. It really is. It was a trash take. So what we're, uh, what I'll do is in the show notes uh, and or the description of the YouTube video, I'll have um, uh, links to all the articles that we uh, that we discussed so that you can just read through it, check it out, uh, and then gather your own thoughts and opinions on it. But uh, let's go ahead and round out this episode with a fun little draft. Last week we drafted the best um, cereals and. You know what? Like, not enough people voted, but based off the comments, I feel like I kind of won that one. So oh, one comment. Yeah. <laughs> one my, comment. My wife actually told me that it was that my cereals were garbage. Dude. She came com- at she came at me <laughs> that after was that episode. So funny. Because one comment goes like, dude, this dude drafted like nursing home cereals. <laughs> yeah, for sure. hundred <laughs> percent. Oh, I get he it. I, and I knew like going in, I was like, my cereal taste is bad but like (laughs) this is what i enjoy i am who i am dude well this week we're gonna be drafting chips uh i i haven't we we knew coming into this episode what we were drafting but i haven't thought about it at all i'm just coming into this raw here uh but i I will say my wife and i we've played this game a lot uh, and we've had votes i love like baked lays baked whatevers and i i drafted those and I've never lost a draft harder than the chips draft against my wife because I went like <laughs> baked Cheetos, baked this and then like what kind of like frou frou health nut dumb draft is this? And I lost like I think it was like eighty five to fifteen percent. Like it was oh, so bad. bad. Like it, usually it's like somewhat close, like you yeah, know, forty six. Shellacking, so, dude. I got spanked in that draft. So like all I know is that I'm not drafting baked stuff, but it's yeah. it's. I do like the baked stuff. Not not even for a health reason. I just like the taste. But do you okay. really? Oh, I love it. Oh well, yeah. See, the... Here's my thing. So so <laughs> I have nursing home cereals. You like terrible <laughs> baked I guess so. baked snacks. I I have the terrible baked snacks. And then I I I got myself an even hotter water because I was because you know how those like those boxes of, of those bag chips, they mm-hmm. come with like the smart pop. It's like in a black bag, smart pop like popcorn. I'm like, those are chips, right? Because it's with the chips. And they're like, no, that's popcorn. But it's not a chip. <laughs> so I'm like, like, technically it doesn't count, but I get it. I I do have a very <laughs> soft spot for uh, like the smart food, like the uh, cheddar yes, smart food popcorn. That's what I'm talking about. The smart food. So yeah. good. I love that. But so it's good. not a chip, even though it does no. come sold with chips. So I'm not drafting popcorn. Guys, we're drafting 
chips. This uh, this week, I think I have the first pick. You pick first yep, last week, first right? Pick. All right, so we're going to go three picks each. You guys get to vote who makes the best picks. And with my number one pick, I don't know. I guess I, I don't know. I have weird taste. I, I'm going with Doritos. I, I, I love Doritos. Triangle. I love the nacho flavor. I love the texture. I love the crunch. Uh, I'm feeling Doritos. I think it's a good... It's a good party chip, and I like that you don't need a dip. Some chips you need a dip, right, mm, to make it good. True. You don't need a dip for Doritos. Doritos Just are a standalone. Straight out the bag, it's good. I like the nacho straight up, but, like, I go for ranch, too. I go for ranch as well, but uh, the classic orange um, nacho orange cheese. Orange fingers. Orange fingers. I'm going for orange fingers. That's, that's my first pick. All right. What do you got? All right, so... Since you, I'm, I'm going to count yours as as nacho Doritos, right? Since that was the first one you said, because my first draft was Cool Ranch. I was going Cool other Ranch. Side. Yeah, I was going full on Cool I'll Ranch allow Doritos. It. I'll, I'll allow it. it. I'll allow I think it. I mean, you, you I can go like Ranch. Same shape. Yeah. Totally different snacking experience. Different. Very different flavor profile. But I think I preferred Nacho over Cool Ranch. Okay. Um, I'm a Cool Ranch man. Especially when you get to the mega cool ranch one, because you know it's somewhere in the bag. There's always one yeah. that has way too much seasoning on it and kind of like burns your mouth a little bit. <laughs> I, but Those, I like that's that. the oh, it's so good. Oh, that's the one at, I hunt for it, dude. At the very bottom of the bag, uh, when when all the like the good full chips are gone, and it's just like the, the crumble. I call it the shake. Uh, yeah, the shake of the <laughs> yeah, bag, right? This, yeah, dude. And just pop that, just drain that into my mouth. Yep. Oh, I love eating the shake, man. Oh, all the, the all the salt. It's the best experience. Oh. oh, you feel your blood pressure just skyrocket. Ooh, ooh, like, it's oh, like the best. I, I can't have a physical like anytime soon. They're gonna tell me I'm dying. <laughs> so much sodium. Oh, I love it though. But no, no, I I, I approve of your first pick. So with the first pick, right. uh, I went nacho cheese. You went Cool Ranch. So, cool I'm going to go Salsa Verde. No, I'm kidding. I'm not. <laughs> it's all Doritos draft. Just a Doritos draft. Listen, I'm going to get so much heat for for saying that I like Funyuns, but I like Funyuns. I'm not drafting Funyuns because I need the votes, so I'm not mm. going to go Funyuns. I have a I have weird taste in chips, dude. Bro, I grew up Asian. I grew up Asian, and we have these shrimp chips. Which I'm sure people are like, get the f out of here Hang with on. your shrimp. They I love are actually really good. I, you like so, that? Yes, I've had <laughs> shrimp chips. I've had um, what did I have the other day? I had Yo. grill. I had grilled squid chips. Oh my! Oh man! That were you're like that's my childhood. They were Bro. unbelievable. Oh they my were gosh! So good. Yeah, I, I'm sure people who are like you know culturally not aware. <laughs> all right, <laughs> shrimp chips are what's up, man. Shrimp chips are what's take, up. Take a Give trip it a shot. to an Asian supermarket or oh, like yeah. a, just like an ethnic supermarket and just go to the chip aisle and buy all the stuff you don't recognize and oh, just have a chip party. Bro. Like buy stuff with weird stuff on the cover of it and it's probably going to be delicious. Like Dude, 90% shot. Make me so happy that you've tried that. People on the podcast probably think we're freaks right now, but no, no, no. <laughs> don't knock it till you try it. Give it chips, a shot. Shrimp chips, chips bro. So Let's good. go. Um, <laughs> we're going to go more American, though, oh, for, this, like... for, the, for this next pick. I'm going to go... I don't know if you're going to like this. I like salt and vinegar chips. I like mm. the tang. I like, I, like, I like how it burns on the tongue. The I like salt and, and vinegar chips. It was an acquired taste. I initially did not like that, but I like salt and vinegar chips. I'm going to go salt and vinegar. My wife's a big salt and vinny fan. Not me, sir. 
No, no, no. Position like number the kettle, two. The kettle I am going to go classic sour cream and onion Lay's. Okay, okay. Here, here's the thing. It's Love a them. good pick. I had a problem when I was a kid where I had sour cream and onion chips, and I mm-hmm. promptly threw up. And oh, I, in my head, yeah, I attribute. Yeah, I just attribute th- me having that experience with with uh, with sour cream and onion. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it's not it. bad. It's a good chip. I just don't like it anymore. It just makes me nauseous now. I, it's just <laughs> weird. I, I couldn't drink Bailey's for like three or four years because I got a stomach flu immediately. Mm. Like around Christmas, we were yep. drinking like, you know, you'd have like Bailey's, like a hazelnut thing or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I promptly got a stomach virus and couldn't even smell it without <laughs> gagging. So I completely understand. Yeah, so that's just solid that's just chip, how it but be. We'll, we'll keep it away from you. Yeah, yeah, you keep keep that away from me. Uh, but I'll acknowledge as a solid chip. But he, that's one of those variants, though, where I'm like, where you know, a baked version. That's what's up. The regular oh, version. Yeah, it's they're solid. They're solid. <laughs> um. Oh gosh. I. Maybe it's too basic, but I'm gonna I'm gonna round up the draft, which is good old fashioned barbecue. I like barbecue chips. I think it's a mm. solid pick. I have, I think it's a any, a, a any particular variation. I Kettle barbecue lays barbecue. I always barbecue. tend I tend to go with the kettle because I like that that ultra mm. crunch. But yeah. for this, I like just the straight up uh just lays lays regular barbecue. Like it's I for, I. When we're at like you know summer parties and and you're you're doing you're you're doing like burgers or whatever, I'm always reaching for for, for the barbecue chip, man. Oh, I love it, man! Great, a great alongside sandwiches. It's great side, but mm. um, oh yeah. Well, fun fact, real quick, just real quick, a little tangent here. Uh, a buddy of mine, he's from the Netherlands, and I uh, when I was working in New York, he's a good buddy of mine, and he we would get like subway sandwiches or whatever mm. for lunch. And he'd be like, how come you Americans, how come you guys are always, you, there's like chips with your sandwich? Like, that's our side. Like, that's just how it is. Right. Like, it's chips, and, you know, you get your burger and fries, you know. This is America. This is America, bro. Get used to it. And he's just like, that's just not how it was where I'm from. He's from, um, he, he calls it a village. We call it a town. He's like a smaller village outside of like Amsterdam. And, uh, and he's just like, yeah, like for us, culturally, like we just, if you want to have a sandwich, you know, a little baguette and a little, you know, cheese on it or whatever. He's like, that's it. That's it. That's all you do. Chips was like a bigger deal for him growing up. Like, and when they would eat it, it would be like a big bag. There were like the small little bags of chips. Like, oh, it wasn't a thing for him. Oh, the snack so, size ones didn't exist? Yeah, uh-uh, uh-uh. So I don't know. Oh. I, I may be like way off with this, but like that was him telling me his experience uh, and I was always just so fascinated by that. I'm like, bro, America is so awesome. Although and- <laughs> I think about it, and like when we we were in, we went to France for like a week. Mm-hmm. And when you would go and get food, you would go to like a sandwich shop, and but like a lot of places weren't open for lunch anyways. Or mm-hmm. if it was lunch, it was really light, so you would get like a ham, like a ham and cheese sandwich, or something really, really light. Mm-hmm. And there was never really a side. It was, I didn't even think about this until you mentioned that, but it's literally <laughs> just like you order your sandwich, you get your sandwich and you usually have like a coffee or something. And then that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's not like, Oh yeah, go pick a bag of chips, chips and get a soda and do this and Cheeps. do that. And it was like, yeah, everything was like extra. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And there was like that's... nothing, nothing really on the side. Yeah, I know. I, I think that's, I think it's now that I've, you know, we've just grown up with it. I think, but I, 
I do believe that it's kind of a uniquely American thing, which probably like attributes combos. to why we're so unhealthy. We're, we're yeah. just we're oh, yeah. so huge. We're so I terribly mean, unhealthy, guys. Here's the thing. You can go to cookout here, and if you go to cookout, you can get chicken nuggets or a corn dog as your side. <laughs> Along with your your shake and your cheeseburger, so like we I don't have to get so I don't terrible. have to get fries. I can get six chicken nuggets instead of French fries. <laughs> right, right. Or I can oh get chicken gosh. nuggets and French fries because this is America. And if I want to be nine hundred pounds by next week, I can be nine hundred pounds by next right. week. And those apple slices that are on the menu, no, 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 no. That's no, just a political no, thing. Yeah, that's just, no. That's just I just ignore that food pyramid guidelines. <laughs> Nobody wants. All right, those. So, so I went I went nacho cheese Doritos. And then uh, I, what did I go with after that? You went. Nacho oh, I went cheese, salt and vinegar. Cool ranch, salt and vinegar, and then and then, sour and then cream. I finished. And then you went sour cream, and then I yep. and then I finished it with with barbecue. And you finished with barbecue. I'm yep. gonna go north of the border. Again, okay. I grew up not too far from Canada, a couple couple hours away. So we're gonna go a little far north Tell to me. one of the most underrated chips I think of all time. If you're not familiar with with O Canada. And that is the all dressed. I have an all dressed chip. I have no clue what that is. Oh, baby. What is that? So, all dressed is a mix of like all the flavors. Oh. So, it's like, I think it's a mix of barbecue, salt and vinegar, and something else. There's like, really? Yeah. Salt and vinegar is a very strong taste. But it's It's in there. It's all blended together into one super chip. Yo, that is. I'm telling you, go on Amazon. Go on Amazon. I right would be now, down. Order order yourself a bag of just all dressed chips. If you that's can find a them. that's a Canadian thing. Yeah, like uh, like ketchup chips used to be exclusively in Canada too. And so is, whenever we would yeah, cross yeah. the border into Canada, we would like pick up a bunch of ketchup chips and like bring them back for people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I've heard all of dressed those. was a thing those. too, dude. Yeah, so, okay, all wait. dressed was like purely Canadian. That's not the name of the brand. That's just the name of the so, flavor. Yeah, it's like Lay's. It's like a Lay's, like a, a Ruffles or whatever, and it's all dressed. Okay, so interesting thing about like Lay's, right? Uh, they they produce different chips for for different regions, right? Um, but what I've learned is that the American palate is so different in that yes. we require way more flavoring and way more fake. And way yep. more sodium than others. That if you tr- oh, if you have salt, we we do. It's like bad, but <laughs> it is what it is. But if you have the same like Lay's in a different country, it's gonna have a slightly different flavor profile mm-hmm. because they're made to be different. Because they just don't they they, they suit the palate of 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 different regions of different places, uh, and and for us. We've got a little extra of, of of the salt of the of of the heat of everything. I mean, oh, we have goodness. We have takis here, man. Takis are should not be legal, bro. <laughs> takis should not be legal. There's takis blue takis. What takis is that? Have dyes in them that are illegal in like 47 countries, but like no joke, this is the U.S. Man. and we can do whatever. What is that going to do to my poop? What is that going to do to my? Stool? I mean, it's uh, it can't be any worse than oops all berries. What's it called again? All season? Wait, what is it? All, all dressed. All dressed. All dressed. Yeah. Mm. You get after it, and they're yeah. I'm into that. Amazon, fourteen dollars and eighty cents, imported be, from Canada. I would try that. I would. I would be down to to give that a shot. That because that's sounds, our neighbors you, to the north have invented one of the greatest potato chips of all time, and, we and just I don't, don't know even how know it's not it. like more popular down here. Hmm. Because it's you go 
like Vermont, New Hampshire, upstate New York, they have and you'll there? start to see them up there. Like I have family in far northern Maine, and mm-hmm. you'll see them all over up there because they're just like a rock's mm-hmm. throw from have Canada, you tried the... but all over in Canada. Have you tried like dill pickle? Dill chips? Dill pickle. Yeah, I have had a couple of those. They have dill pickle kettle chips down here, which are pretty solid. Mm-hmm. But I... I'm still partial to the jalapeno ones. They're kind of, I don't know, they kind of mimic they, they fall along the lines of the salt and vinegar variety yeah. for me but with just a little bit more of that dill flavor which i'm like it's fine it's not my favorite but i don't hate it so no i i do like the all flavors like bagels like i love everything bagels like uh or it's not just like poppy seed like it's got all the things it's got a very unique mm-hmm. flavor uh and we've got like a trader joe's nearby and they have like it's called like everything but the bagel uh seasoning uh, where it's just yeah. like that 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 seasoning that goes around there, and I'll, I'll do like an avocado toast. Well, I'll do just a little toast, avocado s- a spread, and then some of that, uh, some of that uh, seasoning on it, and it's, oh, it's a good little snack. It's actually pretty healthy too. So real solid snack. Anyway, man, do you have any uh, closing thoughts here uh, before we we finish? Uh, just final, wait, final recap though. I had nacho cheese, salt and vinegar, barbecue. Ben had say it? ranch. Uh, What's my second? One? I had Cool Ranch, uh, sour cream and onion, and all dressed. There you go. You let us know uh, on the YouTubes, or I'll, I'll also throw up a poll on on the IG, and you guys uh, let us know. And and if you have funny comments about how terrible we are with our ta- with our chip taste, let us know. <laughs> how terrible our taste is. That's fine. If you want to oh, bring us in the comment, we're there for it. <laughs> well, thank you guys for watching or listening. Uh, it's been a pleasure hanging out with you guys. This hour and 13 minutes boy we've been talking for an hour and 13 minutes man this is kind of wild minute, man. yeah but uh, uh we'd really appreciate a review so we can uh tick up those 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 charts up in brazil and uh we'd also just lo- love any sort of feedback or or any sort of ideas or requests that you that you have uh the chip draft was actually a suggestion from from someone in the comments uh and we and we ran with it so if you have any anything to share please let us know and uh we uh, appreciate your listening thank you so much and we'll catch you in the next one Peace.